Hundreds of people fight in a field over the name Josh. Honey is radioactive from nuclear bomb tests. And a woman is accused of stalking a police officer who previously arrested her for stalking. These are the weird stories for Wednesday on Weird AF News. This is the only daily weird news podcast hosted by a comedian. Very happy you're here. I got some weird stories from around the world. And I got a new piece of sound equipment. Enjoy it. Hundreds of people fight in a field in Nebraska over the name Josh. A lot of Joshes gathered to brawl over the right to their name over the weekend. Dozens of people, in fact, named Joshua. They met in Lincoln, Nebraska, and they held a battle over the name Joshua on April 24th. The winner, not surprisingly, was Josh. Tiny Josh, to be exact. He's a five-year-old boy. He was coronated with a Burger King crown after a massive pool noodle fight. They use pool noodles. You guys know what pool noodles are? They were invented to float. They were a flotation device primarily, but quickly most of us appropriated these devices to smash our cousins in the face. Anybody else? Just me? Okay. Josh's from all over the country. I'm talking about the U.S. of A. And there are a lot of Josh's in the U.S. of A. They flocked to Air Park in Lincoln, Nebraska for Saturday's Battle of the Josh's. How did this come about? I'm so curious. It seems very fun. I wonder if there's going to be a battle of Chris's, and I would have to, of course, show up and fight for my right to my name. There was this video of this, and uh, I watched a little bit of it. It's pretty fascinating. It doesn't look very organized. A bunch of people named Josh, I, I, I assume, are smashing each other with pool noodles. Some of them are dressed as Spider-Man, some as Batman, some are dressed as Spartan Warriors. It looks like a lot of fun. I'm not going to lie. I can't think of a better way to spend an afternoon if my name is Josh and I'm stuck in Lincoln, Nebraska, where there's really not much to do, I assume. <laughs> what What is there to do in Nebraska in general? Is there some sort of sports hall of fame there? They got nothing. Nothing in Nebraska. In the video, you can hear spectators chanting, Josh, 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 Josh. They're not chanting Joshua. It's too long. They're chanting Josh, Josh, Josh. Can you imagine being a spectator to this? I would have to get very high and or drunk. And maybe I, like if I felt like participating, like if I felt like I wanted to take over the name Josh for myself, I suppose I could have fought for it. So how did this come about? The event's origins date back to last year when someone named Joshua Swain, 22-year-old student in Arizona, became very overwhelmed with boredom amid the COVID-19 pandemic. So he messaged another Joshua Swain and another Joshua Swain on social media. So a bunch of Josh Swains talking. He ch the first Josh challenged the others to a duel over the right to their name. Uh, the first Joshua Swain was very, very um, upset that... His name was extremely common, and he wasn't able to get it on social media handles and whatnot. This is what the beginning of the, this was sort of the genesis of his frustration. So he challenges the other Joshes online, and then the antics go viral. It, it, it completely went viral, and that's how you can have an event where hundreds of people show up. Now, as far as the battle for Josh Swain specifically, only one of the challengers showed up. So it was one Josh Swain against another Josh Swain. And they battled in a grueling tournament 
of rock, paper, scissors. And the original Josh Swain from Arizona won the battle, allowing him to claim the title of the true Josh Swain. (laughs) We live in such a weird world where stuff like this can happen. I find it fascinating. It's very novel. I, I enjoy novelty. The weirder, the better. Had I known about this, I'm, I'm well, yeah, it takes a lot to get me to Nebraska, I have to say. Uh, not to say that I would have attended this. However, if there was a battle for the name Chris out there, I would consider consider doing it. Yeah, quit your job and drive to Nebraska <laughs> to battle for your name. So fun. I love weird shit like this. And to be completely honest, I can absolutely empathize with Josh Swain's frustration because... I often find my name is duplicated. It's very plain. Chris Jones, super plain. Also, Jonesy is a very common nickname, so it's difficult for me to get social media handles like Jonesy. That's why on all my social media, it's Funny Jones, because I can get that one. I, can, I can't really get Jonesy, although I have jonesy.com. And uh, I got that one. I was pretty crafty to get that one. I'm very proud of that. And if you happen to be bored, check out jonesy.com. You can also email me at funnyjones at gmail.com and my Instagram's at funnyjones and I'm just going to use this opportunity to pimp out all my social medias. I'm at funnyjones on Twitter. Funny. (laughs) Okay, bye. American honey is radioactive from decades of nuclear bomb testing. Whee! A new study found that bees have been harvesting elevated levels of irradiated pollen for decades in the U.S., The world's nuclear powers have detonated more than 500 nukes in the surrounding atmosphere over the years. These explosions were tests and shows of of force to rival nations and eventually proof that countries like Russia, France, and the U.S. have really mastered the science of the bomb. And the world's honey industry has suffered for it. According to a new study published in Nature Communications, honey in the U.S. is full of fallout lingering from those atmospheric nuclear tests over the years. For the study, researchers collected honey samples from more than 100 hives and soil samples from 110 locations across the eastern United States. The scientists found elevated levels of cesium in both the soil and honey samples. Here's a quote from the study. While most of the radiation produced by a nuclear weapon detonation decays within the first few days, one of the longest-lived and more abundant fission products is cesium, which has a radioactive half-life of 30 years, roughly. Previous research, after the Chernobyl nuclear disaster, identified elevated levels of cesium in European honey and pollen. The good news is that, according to researchers, most of this honey is probably safe for humans to consume after all. While the concentrations of cesium we report in honey today are below the dietary threshold level of concern observed by many countries and not evidently dangerous for human consumption, the widespread residual radiation is surprising given that nearly two half-lives have elapsed since most of the bomb production of cesium. The U.S. conducted the majority of its atmosphere's nuclear tests in the Marshall Islands and American Southwest, the fallout spread through the atmosphere, settled actually across the planet. Eastern North America received disproportionately high fallout from the 1950s to 1960s nuclear weapons tests, despite being relatively far from the detonation sites because of prevailing westerlies and high precipitation, the study says. 
Most of it dissipated quickly, but the cesium stuck around and soaked into the soil where its chemical structure, which is similar to potassium, made it attractive to certain plants. Potassium and cesium are chemically similar, and the study speculated that this is the reason the plants absorb so much of the cesium, which led to it being in the pollen bees turned into the honey. It also found an inverse relationship between the amount of potassium naturally occurring in soil and the amount of fallout found in honey. Are you guys getting all of this? I mean, I'm running right through the article. There's a lot of big words in here. I'm very proud of myself for handling it on one go-round. It says here, Southern states contained three times the amount of fallout than the northern states. Southern soil doesn't contain much potassium, while soil in the north is actually rich with the stuff. While this honey is probably safe for human consumption, it may not be for the bees who generate it. In the last five years, it has become clear that insects suffer significant negative consequences at radiation dose rates that were previously considered safe, but the threshold at which damage occurs is debated. Some studies indicate that low levels of cesium pollution can be lethal to pollinating insects and that any increase above background causes measurable damage to surrounding ecosystems. This is pretty sad at the end of the day. I, it's a very strange, weird thing. Shall we be concerned? I mean, we can ingest this honey. A little bit of radiation. I mean, we're using microwaves. You know, the future of mankind is just like being able to, I guess, inculcate as much radiation as possible into your life and still live. I mean, the future of mankind, like our our ancestors, half a million years down the road will be super like radioactive resistant, I assume. The more the ozone dissipates, the more radiation pours in from the sun, we're going to have to build a, a strong defense mechanism to that. And through natural selection, I'd imagine we'll just be very powerful in it, when it comes to battling radiation. We're going to have to be, if we want to survive, this cell phone that's attached to our body 24-7, I'd imagine. <laughs> Jonesy, you're freaking us all out. I know, but what about the bees? Yay! A woman has been accused of stalking a police officer who previously arrested her for stalking. This occurred in Nara, Japan, a place that I have uh, visited before. Nara is known for their deer. The whole city is overrun by wild deer just walking around, eating out of your hand. Just Google Nara deer. It's, uh, it's pretty cool. Well, they got a crazy lady over in Nara, it sounds like. 37-year-old woman allegedly stalked a police officer stationed at the Nara police station. According to the media, Kanako Onishi a part-time employee for Nara City, met the victim after he arrested her last year for stalking. I assume stalking somebody else. And around April 22nd, Onishi allegedly violated a previous warning by sending a letter to the police officer. <laughs> I want to enter to your family register, she wrote <laughs> in the letter. I don't want to live apart from you. I think I'm in love. Ah, she got arrested and she just fell in love with the arresting officer. Well, you know, sometimes handcuffs will do this to a person. <laughs> I've watched soap operas before. Okay, well, this week, police have accused Onishi of violating the stalker control law. Oh, that's a specific law they have. Stalker control law. She admits to the allegations. Yeah, I did it. I stalked a guy, then I got arrested, and then I stalked the cop. I need to be with him, close to him. Marry me. Onishi lives in Kyoto. Uh... So it says, last October, the Nara police arrested her in another stalking case. The assistant inspector was in charge of the investigation. Onishi then sent the assistant inspector three total letters. Marry me, she wrote. <laughs> oh, man. She's out of her mind, the poor girl. She, 
She was later arrested again for violating the same law and handed an order to stay away from the assistant inspector. (laughs) The assistant inspector is married and never, ever engaged in any sort of relationship with Onishi other than the arrest, it looks like. (laughs) What the hell? It's like some sick game of stalker tag. (laughs) Don't worry, dude. Don't worry. There'll be an Uber driver that she stalks next. (laughs) Tag, you're it. Oh, I don't know. How. The other thing is, it's hilarious that her mode of communication was letters. So not only is she out of her mind, she's like out of her decade as well. Stalking is real on both sides, men and women. It's nuts. And I feel sorry for anyone, anyone who's been stalked. Because it's uh, I'd imagine you feel pretty helpless. Especially in a case like where it's a female stalking a man and, you know, you tell the police and I'd imagine sometimes they really don't believe you. In this case, they definitely believe it (laughs) because she's like, tag, you're it. Now I'm stalking you, police officer. Hey, everyone, you've made it to the outro, the final level of this podcast. And now you must fight the final boss, which is me, your host. I want to give love to people who reached out to me for my birthday. First of all, I got some more calls, but I was unable to access, uh, uh, download the call database today because, uh, I don't know, something wrong with Google. And uh, so I'm going to publish those calls tomorrow. But I want to thank everybody who called and wish me a happy birthday. Um, I'll publish your phone call tomorrow. Uh, I also want to give love to Melissa Young, who bought me coffee. She bought me some coffee. Got a lot of coffee purchased for me this week, which means I'm going to be drinking high-end coffee for two weeks at least. Getting those, you know, $6 coffees. Yeah, you know the ones, guys. $7. The $8, $9 coffee that's bigger than your torso, covered in whipped cream and sprinkles. <laughs> no, I don't drink those kinds of coffee drinks. It's just too much sugar, man. Looks like a dessert to me. I want more caffeine, less sugar. That's how I rock. Uh, shout out to Candy, who joined the Patreon. Candy, joined the Patreon. Candy supports the show. And I love you, Candy, for joining the Patreon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, Candy. Please enjoy the extra content that lies beyond the locked gates of the Patreon, such as bonus episodes and the song, the very famous hits number one single that I wrote called Alligators Everywhere. Um... So thank you, Candy. You guys can join Candy and be a part of the Patreon as well. Be a patron, as they say, by going to patreon.com slash weirdafnews or going to weirdafnews.com and clicking on the link. It's right there. It says Patreon in big, letter, big letters. Large font, brow. Uh, also want to give a thanks to Ed and Heather who wrote me emails for my birthday. Uh, and I got some other people who reached out for my birthday. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll try and give you guys shout outs on tomorrow's episode. But let me wrap this one up. Uh, we're just saying how grateful I am. I've had a I had a nice birthday, and even the day after has been quite nice. Um, although I had to work a regular job, but uh, yeah, my coworkers got me a cake that has uh, Florida on it. <laughs> I'm gonna post a picture of this somewhere. Where will I put it? I'll definitely put it in the Patreon. If you guys want to see my Florida cake, maybe I'll post it on the uh, the Weird AF News Facebook page as well. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, in my Instagram, at Funny Jones, I'll post this photo of me and the Florida cake. Uh, yeah, so that'll be fun. Anyways, I'm grateful for everyone. Thanks for listening again, and we'll see you tomorrow. Uh, that'll be Thursday. Stop recording. Stop recording!
Oh my goodness, how do you stop recording? Oh, there it is.